this week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in memory of uh, the lead singer of the fabulous midlife crisis band, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Carl Rains, who passed away this week. Um, I, I'd like to credit some of my showmanship on this show to uh, his showmanship as a lead singer. And uh, he was just a really good friend, all around great guy. And uh, we lost him this week. And, and it's, it's not entirely unexpected, but it is unfortunate. And so I just want to throw this one out in his honor um, because, you know, those guys have been like family to me for so many years. They've taken care of me for so long. And I hope that I've repaid them in kind. F in the chats, boys. to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues and the longest consecutively running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday podcast network. I am your host, Tad Burton. With me today from the great red state of North Carolina, Uncle Buck. Yeah. Good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah. It seems like only three weeks ago I was here. It, it may seem like it was only three weeks ago, but it was actually, in fact, four. Was it? <laughs> yeah. And how time uh, flies by when you're yeah. not doing, I guess when you're not doing a podcast or something. I'm, not, I'm making things up as I go, as always. They all, it always seems like it's, you know, just back to back to back to me. Like it never ends one. I'm through one episode and the next episode's right on its heels. So I'm glad to hear that everybody's like getting a nice little break time off to go spend fucking around doing other stuff. Well, you know, I do have a wife and kids. No, I'm not. I don't mean that derogatorily. I really mean. I think that that is what's going to make it continue to work for people is the fact that you don't you're not committed to, you know, essentially eight hours a week to do the yeah. show and the bonus content and fucking the pre stuff, the post stuff. When Tim and I were doing the show in person, it was like the doing an episode was an evening. It was you know getting together. We usually go have dinner before the show. We get in the studio, kind of like workshop some stuff. He's looking up news. I'm making sure the audio equipment's working right. We're getting ready to hit record. We hit record. We record for two hours. Show's over. We like have that post-show thing as I'm like making sure everything's saved correctly, putting stuff away. And then, you know, I got to take him home. And sometimes we'd go do something afterwards. It was just like this whole fucking production from start to finish. And yeah. now everybody gets to just hop in the stream yard, do their issues, and split. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, one of the only reasons it's going to work. So, uh, well, Buck, how's your, uh, three weeks off been terrible. It's been absolutely horrible. Um, so, uh, as, as people who have followed my saga for years know that I spent, uh, 11 years on a machine called a palletizer at my job at a feed mill in Podunk, North Carolina. And, uh, earlier this year, I got the joy of my life other than my wife and kids which was I got to be off of that machine and go to an area that I loved a different job and receiving where I just pushed a button like George Jetson and everyone else did their thing. And if they didn't do it right, I would yell at them. So, um, uh, that ended, uh, this past past Saturday, uh, my tenure in that, that area is now finished and I am, uh, once again, back at the palletizer. Uh, Oh no. Yeah. It's, and so the, the the upside is I'm only training the new guy how to how to do it, and I think he'll do all right. Hey Phil, shout out! But uh, it, it involves basically the sensation of being back in prison. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't realize until I actually went back there and sat on that forklift, like how much, and I'm going to take crap for this, but how much emotional trauma was attached to that stupid machine and how much like anxiety and like panic attack was, was taking place. I was like, it just, it was the one of the most unbelievable experiences. Like, Oh wow. I really hate this. Like I actively hate this. This is, this is horrible in ways that I, I can't fully explain. So that's why I'm so chipper tonight. I'm actually not at work right now. What's funny is I, when this happened in real life, I talked about on the show, but you weren't, weren't on the show. So I'll talk about it again. About six months ago, I went back to my college that I graduated from when, when Mm -hmm. I started the show, I was in my last year of college and so met so much of my issues at the time came from being in school and the bullshit of dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And so last April, March or April, I got to go back. They hired me. They paid me an exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> That's always good. To mix a show for them. Like I was the first person. They're like, we need someone to do this. And it was like, he's the only one that can do it. You got to hire him. And I walked back in there like the fucking prodigal son, just re- returning champion roses at my, f- it's so great to have you back. It's so great to have you back. And it was funny because it was the opposite of your situation where my the situation I was in before going back to that place I was, was so bad it took being somewhere that was that at the time was so miserable to me to realize mm-hmm. just how terrible i had it at the time and within about six weeks i quit the job that i was working and found something else yeah well i'm i'm really glad that your life has uh, has been the mirror opposite of mine where you changing things is a good thing um i'm happy for you for that i will say this um one cool thing did happen last week and it's a story that i think you'll appreciate I, I might have dropped it on the uh, the signal channel there for a minute. Um, we uh, had a, uh, an ingredient come in that's very fluffy, right? And when I say fluffy, like we have this this receiving pit that's um like ten feet by eight feet, right? And there's these huge metal grates, and we have to take those out for this stuff to go down in the pit. And even so, there are crossbars that hold the grates up, so you pull them out with a forklift. It's a common thing we do it once or twice a week for different products. And this driver had never been there before. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a nice guy when I'm dealing with truck drivers. I'm like, okay, here's, here's the deal. Here's what we do. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do that. Boom, boom, boom. Easy peasy. We're going to be done. Okay, cool. So guy rolls out there, starts unloading his product. And um, because it's so fluffy and clumps together so much, uh, kind of like cotton, it just lays on the crossbars. And on most drivers who unload this stuff in any, you know, have ever unloaded before realize you take a stick and you kind of poke it down. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that would be, you know, the product's not going down, make it go down. That's their job. They get paid to unload. So the guys just, I, I go upstairs. I've got a trainee who, who I mentioned just before we started. I've got a trainee. I'm like, Hey, watch this guy. I'm going to upstairs, grab something out of the drink machine, come back down. And there's this, this guy, this unloader just standing there by the pit, staring at it as the product <laughs> is not going down. And I'm like, I mean, he looks like he's daydreaming. I'm like, okay. Or he's like maybe thinking the product's going to fall on its own. And he's kind of, I just reach over, I grab a shovel and I start kind of poking the stuff down. I'm like, here you go. Here's how you do it. And of course you got the noise of all the machinery. He may or may not have heard me, but so then I hand the shovel to him and I'm like, here you go. And he goes, I'm not doing that. I'm like, Oh really? That's, that's interesting because that's your job. He goes, no, it's not. It's not my job. That's your job. I'm like, Oh no. 
Uh, that is definitely your job. And I believe if you check your contract, you will find that it is in the contract, your job to put the product in the pit. Now, when it's in the, you know, from the pit into my system, that's my problem. Like if it plugs up upstairs, that's not on you. That's on me. And I'll deal with that. But this right here, this is you, this is all you compadre. So uh, he says, well, I can't do that. What, What do you mean you can't? And at this point I literally have a long wooden stick and I'm just kind of like, poking at the hole passively off yeah basically yeah and um he's like uh i physically can't do it my back's hurt and i was like well you're in the wrong line of work dude Uh, (laughs) i hate to break it to you you have made a poor life choice he goes so i i go back in the office i'm like he'll figure it out in a minute so he just like opens this thing wide up and just leaves this like five foot tall pile of crap bridged over the pit and it's not going anywhere and I'm telling my my trainee, I'm like, hey, watch this. We're about to get in a fist fight. He's like, what do you mean? I, was, I, I told him what's going on. I'm like, I don't know if this has happened before. Like truck drivers, when they decide they've, they're not getting their way, uh, they can get pretty hostile. But then uh, he doesn't know who I am and where I'm from. You know, he does. He never listened to the show, apparently. Of course so, not. Um, <laughs> so uh, he comes into my office and he's like, hey, so when are you guys going to come out here and do this? And I was like, perhaps you didn't understand the conversation we had before. That is on you, and I'm not doing it. I don't get paid to do that. You do. He goes, no, I don't. And so then we start rehashing the conference. You find if it's in your it's in your contract. I don't have a contract. Well, your employer does with our company, and you will find that if you don't do this, you're not going to get paid. He goes, well, what if I just dump it on the floor and drive away? I was like, that's great. You're not getting your paperwork that says you unloaded. We get all your product for free. Do it. I don't care. I also, really don't. Also, when it's outside, it's the ground. Floors are inside, grounds outside. But either way, it's it's one of those things like if I just dump it on the on your in your receiving bay here and just split, like then we get all of your product for free and you get nothing. You get nothing. You probably get get fired. Honestly, yeah. So um he uh he we exchanged a few more words about whether or not he was giving me an attitude because I'm not giving you an attitude. I'm just telling like, oh yes, you are. The, The the phrase I'm not doing it, that's your attitude. So just you know. I'm I'm not as young as I look. I realize I'm a young, sexy man, and I look like I might be in my twenties. No, I'm a lot older than that. I'm very ancient. Your nineteen twenties? Like yeah, I'm I'm one of the ancient old ones. Uh, I'm very eldritch. So, um, like me and Cthulhu, we're buddies. So, uh, this guy kind of storms out of the office, and I'm like, okay, um, I should probably go ahead and get a hold of the the the, the manager in charge of this situation. So I start to dial the phone and I see the guy walking past my window. I'm like, oh, there he is. He's coming to find us. Um, so manager, my manager pops his head in the door and I'm like, hey, 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 you're just the guy I'm looking for. He goes, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so I explain the situation. And he goes, okay. Now he's got, a, he's a much more level-headed person than I am. And he's much less likely to invoke a hammer. Much like, much more like me. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, because you would, you would <laughs> listen as, as, as riled up as I get about things, you would not have handled this guy any better. I don't think, except for this one thing. So my manager is like, well, let's just go out and talk to the guy. And I'm like, yeah, I start cracking my knuckles. Like, let's go talk. And I'm thinking this is it. I'm going to get fired today and it's going to be great. So uh, we walk out there and the, my manager says to the guy, Hey, uh, so what's the deal? Guys like, Oh, I, I can't unload it. I told him I got a bad back and I can't unload it. He goes, so you physically can't do the job that you were sent to cool whatever uh who's who's your boss give me his phone number and so uh my boss calls up his boss talks to him for a minute i go back in my office i'm like well you know fight's delayed dang it i was i was looking forward to this 
So I go back in there. All of a sudden, my manager comes walking back in the door, and he's just hung up a phone call. He goes, hey, so how much would you guys charge his boss to do his worker's job for him? And the first thing I thought was, well, I make this is what I make an hour, so it's going to take us at least an hour, right? He goes, mm-hmm. I'm not talking hourly rates. Like, how's 150 bucks a piece for you two to do this guy's job? Sold. Suddenly, my attitude changed real big. Mm-hmm. So uh, he calls him up. We get it all worked out, and we go out. And it only took like 30 minutes, and it wasn't it wasn't difficult. But and if the guy had like said, "Hey, could you help me?" I'd even been nice with that. But no, his attitude turned out to be a, a big bonus for me. I got I got one hundred fifty dollars to do basically like a rowing motion with my arms for thirty minutes, and I liked it. And you seem to have lost your microphone cable. It sounds like you need to go back and reread uh, the Art of the Deal, Buck. I never actually read it. If other people have to point this stuff out. Um, Wait, it's just not where my brain went. The first thing my brain went to was break him. Just, just problem break. That's fair. That, I will say this. So I'll get into kind of my recap when I get into my issue later in the episode. But uh, for those of you drinking along at home tonight, I am drinking a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey called fighting cock. Uh, it's also what you do in prison. You fight cock, yeah, try and was- keep it out of your mouth. Yeah, I was I was getting ready to go there, but I just I, I let you do it. It's a hundred three proof, so we'll see. Uh, it's actually it's is that how many you have to fight off for a hundred three proof? Yeah, you have to fight. You tr- pr- prove your will against a hundred three cocks before you're allowed to drink this. That's how many guys are in the pod. Yeah, but then they yeah. move you to another pod, and you have to. Yeah, I guess it comes to like three hundred and four or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, let's hop into some issues, Buck. What's your first issue this week? All right. Um, how did I word this one? I got to pull up my phone for a second because I had it so eloquently put. My issue is me with technology. Sideways. Here's what I don't get. Sideways accusations. Man, I'm rusty. So um, back to more more work stories because that's all I've got that I'm that I'm willing to tell on the show legally. Um, we had a piece of equipment malfunction at work. Uh and it's down in the basement. It's under my control, but it's down in the basement. Uh, and there's a long, arduous process to get to it. It's very inconvenient and it's messy and it's smelly. And no one really goes back there except for the housekeepers who go down there to sweep up dust and whatever to keep the place from blowing up. So one morning, one of the housekeepers comes and finds us and says, Hey, the lid is off of 202. We'll call it. The lid is off of 202 and it's a drag. A little, like literally a tunnel with paddles in it that drags product along and i'm like oh well that's interesting she goes yeah there's uh there's there's this product all over the floor i was like okay so i remember unloading that yesterday but i didn't take the lid off so i'm, I'm curious what's going on so i tell my supervisor hey uh this lady over here says there's a lid off this piece of equipment there's some product on the floor that indicates kind of a time period beyond which it had to have happened so um no chris Webb, we're not going to start over sorry Sorry, buddy. You just made it late and too bad. So uh, I start asking the proper people like what, you know, why is this lid off? Did did maintenance work on it? Uh, No one has any answers until the head of maintenance. We'll call him Bob. Bob's from New Hampshire. Let's call him Brian. Brian's a much more douchey name. Uh, Hold on. Let's just call him Bri. 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 Hey, Bri. How's it going? So uh, I go back to my, my area. There's a couple of truck drivers waiting on me. And uh, 
And I'm like, okay, guys, uh, I got to check on this thing. Before I got to get, get started. I know you guys want your hand jobs, but I'll be right. I'll yeah. be right with you. And they're regulars too, man. They're there every day. So I'm like, you know, just give me a minute. I got to find out whether this lid has been put back on or whether or not I'm clear to use 202. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Immediately, Bry walks in the door and he sits down on this little stool next to me. And he has this habit of he will, instead of fixing something, like it would have been trivially easy for him to send one of his guys downstairs to simply put a piece of metal back on top of another piece of metal and the whole thing's good to go. Right. Yeah. Literally all it takes five minutes. Um, so he goes in there and goes, so uh, 202, the lid's off of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I heard about that. Uh, what's, what's the status on it? Well, I think maybe you and I should go and uh, take a look. Like, okay. That's fine. Well, yeah, that's fair. I want to see with myself, the equipment is functioning. So as we start to walk back down there, uh, we get down to the, in the tunnel where it's at, and we can see the lid is propped up. Someone has taken a metal stick and stuck it inside the drag and propped the lid up, and that was, it's very janky and not the way it's supposed to happen. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. someone really broke protocol here. He goes, yes, someone broke protocol. I can't imagine who would have done this. I mean, just look at this. Why, why, is, it, why is it like this? And I'm like, well, that's a great question. I'm, I'm asking you that question. Which one of your guys did this? He pulls out a sheaf of notes from behind his back like a cartoon. Well, that's the thing I'm trying to figure out because you see, I've got all these notes here. And he starts thumbing through these leafs of pages of notes from his guys. He goes, you know, I'm not seeing any notes where any of my guys are talking about having taken the lid off of this drag. And I just can't understand how it happened. I mean, you know, so listen, if my guys had done this, if my guys had done this, they would have made a note. They would have made a note for me because... They all want to beat their chest every time they do any work. You know, anytime they do any work, they want it, everyone to know that they get the credit for it. So I don't have a note here. So I'm thinking it must have been one of the guys from receiving. And I'm like, well, I didn't mm. do it. So he's either blaming me or he's blaming the guy from second. And um, I didn't think the guy from second did it because he's just too lazy to go down there and do that. Like he would have called maintenance, right? If that piece of equipment had messed up, he would have called maintenance. And the only thing that could have happened would be someone made a mistake that caused that piece of equipment to malfunction that if they had called someone would have gotten them in trouble. Right. Uh-huh. So like I, I ran something in an improper way to cut a corner and it caused trouble. And I went down there to fix it myself and then just left the lid open. But I didn't do that. And I told the guy, look, if I had done this, I would have covered my tracks a heck of a lot better than this. <laughs> not that you wouldn't have fucked it up it's say if you fucked it up you'd have been like oh yeah we gotta make it look like i didn't fuck this shit up i mean like i would have fixed it and then i would have put it back the way i found it. i mean that that's you know no yeah you where, exactly know what you're talking about yeah like give me credit where credit's due if i've done it in the past look i have i have un, i've unmessed up many mess ups in my life i've done it uh i've done it to a point where I, it's kind of an art form and so that this was left open is a deep insult to me but he never did come out and say like, well, you know, Buck, I think you did this. It was just this, well, you know, this happened and it wasn't one of my guys. And I'm thinking it had to be somebody from receiving. And I'm like, well, it, it, I, it wasn't, it wasn't this guy from receiving. And I, based on the situation, I don't think it was the second guy in receiving. I think one of your guys just lied to you about leaving a lid open. I really think that's what happened. So um, sideways accusations. And that's not the first time this guy's done this. That's the other thing is, so something will go wrong that's not related to me at all. Uh-huh. Um, someone else demonstrably had to have by the records and everything we had had to have been someone else um, messed up another piece of equipment over the weekend. I wasn't there over the weekend. I come in Monday morning, 
things aren't working right. It's a big, it's a big deal. And I'm like, Hey, uh, this thing is broken. This is a big deal. Do we have any idea what happened? Old Bry comes walking into my office a couple hours later after they've kind of started sorting things out, sits down next to me on that little stool, pats his leg. Cause he's got to be in his sixties, right? Kind of pats his leg. And so two thirteens back up and running. So we all, are we all good? I was like, yeah, because you know, my, my super, my manager was in here looking for somebody's head and I think he was expecting me to throw this other guy under the bus and I'm not doing that. I, I, this is who I think did. He goes, well, you know, here's the thing. You got a button over here for clean out shutdown. And uh, I'm wondering, are we pressing that button? And I'm like, no, we just wait. The clean out shutdown button is a five minute cycle. We just wait the five minutes for the product to clear out. Then we hit stop and go to the next thing. He goes, well, why would you do that? I was like, because then I have to go downstairs and do this other thing that's unnecessary. It's an unnecessary process. And it holds up progress. He goes, well, you see, that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, if there's a, if, it's, if, the, if the button's there, I'm thinking it's there for a reason. And there's a process and they've got a reason they want to do it. So why are we not doing the process? I was like, I just told you because the process is broken. You know, fix this, fix this problem and I'll do the process. But right now the process is broken. Leave me alone. But, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, there's a reason we got to do the problem. Like, w- w- hold on, dude. How many times are we going to go through this this circle of a conversation where you're accusing me of breaking this thing that I had nothing to do with to begin with? And you're kind of making up these little sideways reasons about why this is broken that actually had nothing to do with the, the reality of what happened. Um, it was one other time we have a big piece of equipment that moves rail cars back and forth. Uh, is it called a train? I, it's called a shuttle wagon, but it is basically a miniature train and it's really fun. And I love it. I love it to pieces, but uh, to operate the air brakes, there's these things called a glad hose. It hooks the air hose from the one car to the air hose, of the next, and they kind of shake hands. You sound like a glad hand, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I worked in receiving once about nine years ago. And then uh, I was only there for a few months and then I moved somewhere else back to the palletizer. And in the they intervening asked, years, they asked him firmly but politely to leave. They did. Honestly, that was a, <laughs> that was a terrible story. Um, there's a whole story behind that. Again, getting blamed for stuff I didn't do. Uh, so in the intervening years, no one like put a bungee cord or anything on the glad uh, the glad hoses to stop them from dragging on the ground. So by the time I made it back nine years later, the glad hands are ground down to nubs, mm. like the. Like the, the round fin is like sliced in half from just years of dragging back and forth on the concrete. And so I, I say, hey, um, now that I'm back here and, you know, I've been back here a few weeks, how hard would it be to get the glad hoses replaced on the shuttle wagon so that I can use the air brakes, which no one has used in approximately eight years? Because I think those are probably good for safety. Uh, which is the, the which is the, the go-to, ex- it's so the go-to excuse. No, it's the go-to excuse for anything. If I want something done, I, I find some way to like finagle it into uh, safety, safety and they have, yeah. then they have to do it. So um, that's incredible because the place I worked used to work in Tulsa. If I said something was for safety, they'd like be more mad at you for wanting to spend money. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm like, Hey, so how, how hard would it be to get these replaced? Well, we'll, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. Uh, so he approaches me a couple of days later. He goes, you know, I was out there walking by the shuttle wagon and I couldn't help but notice those, those glad hoses, are, they've got a little hole in the in the metal pot for a hook where you could hook like a uh, bungee cord or something. But I'm noticing there's no bungee cords. What's up with that? And I was like, yeah. Uh, so for like eight years when I wasn't out here, someone neglected to do that very thing. 
And that's why the, the glad hoses are in the situation they're in. Yeah, but, you know, I'm still not seeing a, a bungee cord out there. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm asking you for bungee cords and new glad hoses. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, but you see, how did it go eight years without somebody putting Like, I, I don't know, dude. What do you want I didn't fucking work here. Yeah, yeah. And so... um Every you know, night I left the forklift, I ran out next to the thing and just took the glad hoses and just scraped them on the ground like a child trying to wear away the ears of a Batman toy. Just so that when I got this job again, I could ask you for a bungee cord, you fucking moron. Replace the hoses, put the bungee cord on there, and then shut the fuck up. Yeah, so here's the best part. Uh, they never did order me any new glad hoses, but the rail come in and do switches every day. And, you know, new rail cars will come in and out. And one day as I'm walking past rail cars, uh, undoing the the air brakes so that there are no air brakes because I can't use them because they don't work. Right. Yeah. So I'm undoing the air brakes, which is safety. And uh, so now the rail cars can just slide back and forth as they as they please. I happen to look on the back of one and there's this glad hose laying there and it's it's not attached to anything. It's a little rusted over so I can tell it's been laying there a long time. But there's a little cap, a little plastic cap in the hole where the, where the air goes through that tells me this thing was laid there when it was brand new and unused and is laid there long enough to rust. <gasps> this glad hose is abandoned. And so I invoked uh, one of the, one of the strategies I've learned from the school of Tabbert. I tactically acquired this, uh, this glad hose. And I was, I was, man, I was like excited. I was excited. Uh, now, unfortunately you have to have a pipe wrench, which I don't have access to without going to maintenance. So I walk into the maintenance shop with this glad hose under my arm and I'm excited. I'm like, Hey man. Uh, so I happen to find this glad hose and uh, can we get a pipe wrench to go swap it out so that I can use air brakes again for safety? And he's yeah. like, where'd you get the, where'd you get the, where'd you get the, the glad Why hose are you at? asking stupid questions? I was like, well, it was abandoned by the rail. And all of a sudden he's like, it's, he went complete Bill Clinton on me. Like, what the definition of is is what do you what do you mean it was abandoned? I was like, listen, that's not the important thing. It's that it's not coming out of our budget, and I have it in my hand, and it's brand new, other than rust. So please let us just take this outside. I'll do it myself. Give me the pipe wrench, and I will do it. No, no, no. You can have plausible amazing. deniability. Yeah. What? What? what where'd that glad hose come from? I don't know. Man, but the glad hose for a pipe candy. wrench a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was related or not. The little engine that could ferry just kind of popped in and was like, I think I can. I think I give you this glad hose. So anyway, um, yeah, it's been a lot of that back there. I think you and, should uh, give him your glad hose right in the butthole. No, no, I don't want that thing falling off. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, the, the only positive thing that have come out of my interactions with this guy is that my impersonation of him is spot on. So, um, I love, I love those kinds of impersonations and I hate that passing the buck, no pun intended bullshit of not taking any accountability when there's something like, Oh, where did this thing come from? Where did, how did this problem happen? If no one's fessing up, there's no point in trying to chase it down or there's, if you want to chase it down and ask, say, Hey, did you leave this open? (coughs) That's, that's fair. But when someone says no, Unless you have proof of the contrary, the thing to do is to just let it go. Well, that was the until thing. Until you can get some kind of proof. But these people will try and chase it down, not to solve a, a long-term problem, but just to cover their own ass. The thing that bothered me about this thing with the lid was that he didn't come out and accuse me. I, I've been okay with that. Like, hey, I think you did this. And then we could have gone into this 
back and forth of no, because it had to have happened at this time based on this product being on the floor. And this is when I ran this product yesterday, et cetera, et cetera. It would have, you know, that, that kind of thing, we could have hashed that out in details and gotten to the root of the problem, but that's not what happened. He had the foresight to come drag me down there, but also had this sheaf of papers Uh, tucked in in the back of his pants to pull out, to show me not when we were in my office, not when we were, in like the production office or on the way there or where you could possibly reach over and go, well, I have this information that shows that I wasn't there at that time. No, it's, it was, it was how the whole thing was plotted out and staged, but he still didn't like come out and say, I think you did this. And it's, it's this ephemeral, like what's the word I'm looking for is it's, it's so immaterial that it's impossible to engage. And that's Mm -hmm. what infuriates me about it. It's like Columbo. You know, the end of the Columbo shows, uh, just, just one more thing. Just one more thing. And, and then he asked like that last question that then the person was like, ah, I killed him. I killed his little face. Ah, you know, they, they just confess because they have <laughs> yeah. nothing to do. That's what he thought he was going to do. He thought he was going to be like, I, I got these notes. And you're just going to be like, please, please do it. Brian, Brian, ah, I can't lose my job. I got kids. I got a wife. I got kids. Y'all suck your dick, please. Like, that's what he thought that that, that was going to turn into. Well, the funny thing is, it wasn't even a terminable offense. Now he, no. he went out of he went out of his way to tell me the worst case scenario. Well, what if this piece of bo- this piece of this, this piece of reba holding the lid up would have fall over into this drag, and then it gets dragged along, and then this breaks, and then we can't receive any ingredients, and then the plant's down for three days, all because of this stupid mistake. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. What that about was a bad it? mistake? Yeah. Who did it? Who did it? You tell me. <laughs> like it, I, it was just one of these things. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not saying you did it. But look how bad this could have been. I'm not saying you did it, but look how easy this would have been to avoid. I'm not saying you did it, but you did. You know, it's like, shit. yeah, so. lies and implies. I'm not going to say <coughs> I'm not going to say you're a rapist. I'm just going to apply it and then play some audio that makes it seem like you're a rapist. <laughs> yeah. So that's my issue. Sideways accusations. Yeah. If there's one thing that, that uh, I think that you should take from the show is that you should always be straightforward. If you got yeah. a problem with a man. Say it to him. If yeah. if you think that Buck left the pipe in the open the thing and put a pipe in there that's not supposed to be in there, just say it. Yeah. But but that's that like pussyfooting the feminization of men that you can't have that direct confrontation. You have to have this like oblique uh, Romulan esque confrontation of pretending that you don't that you don't know what's going on to try and trick the person into telling you what you want to hear, like. Just be a, just be a man. Fucking nut up. grow up, nut up, and say it to my fucking face. And if you're wrong, then just be wrong. And but then, look, yeah, because that's the other thing is that those people will never accept that they're wrong. That's the other thing. By doing this oblique sideways accusation to you, he's not really accusing you, so you can't really prove him wrong. And so it's all just a big fucking nothing. Just a big waste of everyone's time to make you seem like, I don't even know what the what there is to gain. You didn't solve who did it, so you just wasted everyone's time and acted like an asshole and made people not like you. And like I said, I ended up being the one to put the lid back on, which is fine, which is fine. But the whole thing could have, instead of being a 30-minute uh, roundabout of, of all this circle jerking, it could have just been like, uh, hey, someone I left put the, the lid, lid off. back on. Hey, someone left the lid off. Would you be willing to go put it back on? Yeah, sure, Bill, whatever. Or sorry, Bri. Um, sure, Bri, Bri. whatever. Just bleep that out later. 
sure, Bright, whatever. Um, and it would have been fine. But no, no, it was like this, this preaching and moralizing and this lecture of like, look, look how, look what you did or look what somebody did. Look what somebody did. Isn't this terrible? Look what's, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's, Those are also the, the types of people that when they do are the cause of the mistake or even obliquely the cause of the mistake. Will never you, admit it. They'll never admit it. All, there's always some in intervening reason why this thing happened that is not there. Well, we didn't have any protocols in place specifically to the propping of using of pipes as lids and blah, 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 blah. Like it just, <clears throat> they used After to do all- that. The, when the company I worked for in Tulsa before the scamdemic, they, they, there was one day where we had a call going on and there was nobody allowed to leave the stage from like this for this 45 minute period. And they wouldn't tell us what was going on. The, my boss knew and the higher ups all knew, but we didn't, we weren't told and the stage hands weren't told. And then when it finally ended, what it turned out was the, there were rumors that stage hands were selling touring crew people drugs on the really? dock of the building during load ins and loadouts, which isn't true. They sold them their drugs from their car in the parking lot after the show the first night. Moron. So yeah. they brought in drug sniffing dogs to sniff everything. <clears throat> and when, but we, they kept, they kept telling us like, you cannot leave the stage during this period. The dock needs to be clear during this period. And we kept asking like, why, what is going on? Well, we can't tell you. Why can't you tell us? Do you know, why won't you tell us? And, what it really was was them saying, we think that you're in on it. You are part of, you're closer to these stagehands than you are to your job. And you will go warn them that this is what we're doing to try and keep them safe. And it was like, ah, I see. I see what, what's going on. We're too lowly to be part of your schemes. Um <laughs> Here's one. Someone left you a note, Buck. I guess you, your last shift, you left something open. You should probably not do that again. See, from now on, I'm just going to do everything on purpose. That's the way to do it. Absolute sabotage at all times. Um, Scorched earth. If if I can't live there without blame, nobody will. We'll just all die together in one giant dust explosion. So, well, that, that uh, is a great issue, Buck. And that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for. This episode is brought to you in part by the Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, uh, that. that's a great, that's a great theme. Um, we got some news from California. They're making more things legal. They're legalizing jaywalking. Wow. Talk about getting your priorities straight. You cannot, Man. you can't buy a gas car and after in another few years, but you also can't charge an electric car. But that's not important. Don't ignore that. Parts of the state on fire, totally irrelevant. What we need to do, we need to stop people from jaywalking. And I'm canceling California right now because um, jaywalking is a racist term. Is it really? Yep. Look it up. Is it against uh, people from Baltimore? I don't know. I know. I just remember. Uh, it might not, it might have been more of a classist thing. It was like uh, a certain class of people were called Jays, and if you were walking across the road illegally, they're like, "Oh, you're jaywalking." Mm. Like you know, whatever well, slur uh, you want. 
Gavin Newsom on Friday signed a bill that decriminalizes jaywalking, allowing pedestrians to cross the street away from an intersection without being ticketed, provided it is safe to do so. It's not. That's why we created crosswalks. The Freedom to Walk Act was introduced by Assemblymember Phil Ting, a Democrat from San Francisco. Under the bill, an officer can stop and cite a pedestrian for jaywalking when a reasonably careful person would realize that there is an immediate danger of a collision. It should be not be a criminal offense to safely cross the street when expensive tickets and unnecessary confrontations with police impact only certain communities. It's time to reconsider how we use our law enforcement resources and whether our jaywalking laws really do protect the pedestrians, Ting said in a press release. Plus, we should be encouraging people to get out of their cars and walk for health and environmental reasons. People are not walking because they have to go to a crosswalk, okay? People are not walking because they're shit all over the streets of your fucking home district, Phil Ting, you fucking piece of shit. Um, he's arguing that jaywalking is arbitrarily enforced, which is probably true. Uh, and I'm all for less laws because this is definitely a stupid one. But I cannot fucking stand people wandering through the middle of the street, especially when they're 30 feet from a fucking crosswalk. Walk to the crosswalk. If you cross the crosswalk without the light, that doesn't so much bother me. When you dart out from between two parked cars because you're too fucking lazy or too fucking stupid to get look both ways and find a hole, you deserve to get hit. I mean, that's that's really the if you're gonna unban jaywalking, you need to also unban hitting some dumbass pedestrian with your car. Yeah. You see, my brain immediately went to who profits from changing this law because what's gonna happen is the, the subtle thing I've noticed here <clears throat> is that it's left up to the discretion of the police officer as to whether or not a reasonable person would have would have made this decision. So the cop can just say, I thought your jaywalking was unreasonable and I'm giving you a ticket <laughs> then. But here's the here's the thing, because they were doing that already anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. But now you have the opportunity to go fight it in court, which benefits who? The court lawyers. Oh, I would be very interested to see who came up with this bill. Why would I go to a lawyer to fight a, a jaywalking thing? Well, because um, audit the audit. Mm. A, a jaywalking laws create opportunities for police to racially profile. Yeah, all these black people keep walking across the street illegally again, ticketed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's profiling. Like what? Are, uh, that seems kind of racist on your part to think that only minorities or racially profiled people do this jaywalking. Uh, they're, they're, it, they're profiling against hobbits. It's a it can turn potentially life threatening in a police encounter. Yeah. Well, if you like draw a weapon on a police officer, don't be surprised when you get smoked. Yeah, but interactions with the police officers are kind of kind of risky anyway. I mean, they're they're designed to basically um, violate your Fourth Amendment rights at any given moment. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, all laws are are developed for that. Speaking of having your Fourth Amendment rights violated, did you hear about this news story? Chinese uh, there are Chinese secret police agencies inside the U.S. Uh, The U.S. federal authorities arrested three people this week on suspicions of spying in America and stalking, harassing Chinese nationals in the U.S. on behalf of a Chinese police secret police agency known as the Ministry of State Security. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice announced on Wednesday cases are brought against suspects two Chinese nationals, Kiming Lin and Quiang Jason Sun, and three Americans believe to be working on behalf of China, Xu Jun Wang, Fan Frank Liu, and Matthew Ziburis. 
All five are charged as part of a two criminal complaints that were unsealed this week and another that was amended. According to the prosecuting documents, all the defendants allegedly perpetrated transnational repression schemes to target U.S. residents whose political views and actions are disfavored by uh, West Taiwan's government, such as advocating for democracy in West Taiwan. As alleged, all of the defendants charged today at the direction of the West Taiwan secret police engaged in a series of actions designed to silence the free speech of Chinese dissidents in the United States. So, like, they're sending agents into the America to violate Mm -hmm. your rights, and it's just like, ah, it's just a slap on the wrist. I think we should pass a new law that if uh, you suspect someone is a Chinese agent trying to suppress your rights of free speech, you can gun them down. Oh, absolutely. And the other crazy thing about this to me is, you know, there are people in our government, they're like, oh, this is so amazing. They send people out to to warn dissidents. Like, I mean, how can we get that working on our side? You know, I'm I'm not rubbing my hands together for any specific group (laughs) or anything. I'm just I'm just, you know, saying that there are people that wish they could do this. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Where's Joel when you need him? Uh, so anyway, then, anyway, uh, I've got I've got two more news stories, but I'm only going to read one. Do you want to hear one about the FBI or one from Rotterdam? Let's go with Rotterdam. I'm so sick of the FBI. From Rotterdam, New York, a Rotterdam man has been found guilty of killing a four-year-old foster child who was in his care. Daquan Green was found guilty of second-degree murder and first-degree manslaughter in the death of Charlie Garay in 2020. On December 20th, 2020, the Rotterdam police, paramedics from Mohawk Ambulance Service, and personnel from the Rotterdam Fire District respond to a 911 call. Uh, reports of a four-year-old boy named Charlie was in respiratory stress. This is a terribly written article. Uh, for reports of a four-year-old boy named Charlie, a four-year-old, was he also a boy uh, who was in respiratory distress? He was not breathing, and paramedics attempted to revive him, but they couldn't. He was pronounced dead at the at the hospital. The wife of the man accused of killing the four-year-old is also facing charges. Daquan told first responders that Charlie had fallen out of a child's chair and began to slur his speech and then passed out. He told others that the child choked. Instead of calling 911, he called his wife while she was out shopping. When she returned home, she made the 911 call for help, and medical investigation uh, revealed that Charlie died from extensive internal injury to his liver intestines caused by blunt force trauma. So that's theor- they think that this guy punched a four-year-old so hard to rupture internal organs and kill it. Isn't that like your hero? What, someone who punches a four-year-old that hard? I mean, you don't uh, like kids, right? I, I don't really care for kids, but I mean, when you get involved with a woman that has a kid, you're kind of fucking asking for it. You know, like I'm at the grocery store and these kids are freaking out. They should get punched to their death because their parents not taking care of them. Sure, you sure, went sure. willfully engaged with this. Like I'm on I'm on these dating apps, right? Just like anybody else. I'm flipping through there, clickety clackety, slide, sliding through shit. And um I, I see like I have kids. I have I'm 28 years old. I have four kids. There were a package deal, so you gotta put up with us. I'm like, oh shit, that's a huge bitch. You know? left. <laughs> I'm not getting involved in that at all. Just delete uh, the app. So that's what this guy needed to not be involved with that. I also, you know, I, I'm not gonna I don't want to racially profile here, but uh Dequan does not sound like a white guy's name. I I decline I, I invoke my fifth amendment right to remain silent on that one. That's a that's a good that's a good choice. Well, this has been the Ricada News Network.
Definitely not fake news. Well, that takes care of our legal obligations this week, t- Buck, but you know what it doesn't take care of? Uh, the next copy of Punch-Out. <laughs> if you want to help us buy a copy of Punch-Out, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Junior Punch-Out. Here's what I don't get. <laughs> Junior Punch-Out. It's like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but you only fight four-year-olds. They just, and they're one-hit kills. Bam! Round one. Total knockout. Round two. Boom! Total knockout. <laughs> It's like Glass Joe, Glass Billy, Glass Jill, Glass Sally, Glass Thomas. Blam. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, anyway, patreon.com forward slash HWIDG. Uh, here's what I don't get where you could support the show. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier. We throw random bits and bobs we do now and again. Tim and I will probably do a review of Halloween Kills later this boy. month sure it's not going to be good uh we've got our five dollar tier we do a monthly bonus episodes here's what i do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great and then finally we have no then we have our ten dollar tier where we do our monthly movie commentaries where you suggest a movie commentary we watch the entire movie record a feature length commentary and then finally we have our fifty dollar spite producer tier where you get a say in the show you can ask for um a special bonus bit you can get us involved with uh a special form of the show, ask for issues, ban a host, ban a voicemailer, anything you want that's in our power, we will do our best to fulfill. And we thank all of our patrons, big and small, for helping make the show possible because without you, this show would not be possible. We would not have continued our 306-week streak. So Uninterrupted. Uh, say that five times fast. Um, but anyway, that thank you to all our patrons, fast. big and small. Yes. Uh, keep supporting the show. We really, really appreciate it. But let's get back into some issue issues, Buck. My issue What's your this issue? week. Here's what I don't get. <laughs> Armchair entertainment directors. I um okay. I had I had family in town this past weekend, and I'm holy sorry. shit, do I wish I had today off instead of having to work today. Not only did I have to work today, but I had to get to work extra early so that I could pick up a computer for my new assistant because we had to have uphill in the snow both ways. Yeah. But my weekend was just a fucking whirlwind of events to try and like keep these people visiting from out of town entertained. And it is just like, it's great. You're on vacation. You're spending some time out of town. You're visiting a new city. Uh, you, you're you're taking time off. You're taking a weekend away, whatever the case may be. I'm not doing that. This is just Saturday and Sunday to me, the way Saturday and Sunday for you is to do laundry and, and wash the car and do whatever else, go to the grocery store. But instead of doing that, I have to go do all the things that you're doing for your vacation time, like walk around a historic downtown and shop in stupid shops that have nothing that I want to purchase or go to a Renaissance fair. That's an hour outside of town or go tour the arch. Like those spend money that you didn't want to spend. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, and then you also have to like be on top of all these things that are going on so that there are options. And it's just the worst. And you have to be an expert in everything. Because it's good. your town. Yeah, then they ask you those questions like, well, what is, what's this whole thing about? And I don't fucking know. I've lived here <laughs> three months. <laughs> yes, it's good to find. I turned, I took a different turn on the way home today and discovered a liquor store that someone's been telling me about for the better part of three months. It's on my way home. 
It's not. It's not like. It's not like. Uh, oh, it's on your way home if you spe- take a special route. If I just turned, I would turn into this liquor store, and then I could turn out and get back on my same route. And my friend's been like, "Oh yeah, you should check out that. They got everything. They've got all these things you're looking for that you can't been able to find here in town. Yeah, just go to that one." Fucking, he was absolutely right. I, so, so you expect me to know, like, oh, how how exactly how tall is the St. Louis Arch? I don't know. You got a fucking cell phone? Google it. Make up numbers. Actually, I do know exactly how tall mm-hmm. the arch is, but that's only that's only speaking of our favorite, the beverage of here's what I don't get. Um, it's because there is a a, a, brew, a distillery here in town called Still Six Thirty, and Six Thirty comes from the height in feet that the arch is to its its highest point. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me they make Fernet. No, uh, Fernet makes Fernet. I know. I'm just being stupid. Yeah. Um, I did find Malort. We had Malort all the way down here. Wow. I'll send you a bottle. Apparently, no. it's terrible. Also, I didn't know this, but Jepson's makes a bourbon, too. Okay. That's who makes Malort. Okay. I have two little mini bottles that Nick Riccata gave me uh, when we were in Tampa a couple years ago. Of Malort? Mm-hmm. I kept meaning to make Tim try it, and then we didn't do it. it so now, now they're just just hidden away. I'll just buy the whole bottle, and I'll make him and Truck and Tuck and I will both get a pint glass, fill it to the brim, and just get hammered. It'll be great. Or vomit violently. Probably that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's the the whole the whole weekend is just shot. I didn't get to do any of my normal weekend things. Like late Sunday. Um, I start doing laundry while people are still here. And I'm like, do you want to do any laundry? No. Okay. I got to I have to do some of this. Otherwise I'll be behind all fucking week tomorrow. I have to go to the grocery store after work, which I hate doing because I'd rather just come home. That's why I like to do it on Sundays. Uh, it's, it's just like, it's like your whole fucking rhythms out of whack. And I don't know yeah. if this is the same when you're a parent, <clears throat> like when you, you know, I remember going and visiting my grandparents when I was a kid right you know my my mom was an adult but but we were and i feel like that's almost different because like my grandparents lived in my mom's hometown so she knew all the things we would go do we go to these museums we go to the beach we go do this the, like these these rotating things we would do every time we went to that area um you know we take the ports and the ferry we go to the the uh, mall out there and in Norfolk and uh, or Norfolk, as they say on WATP, like a couple of retards. And uh, but that was different from like, oh, I'm going to go visit this person that lives in a new city. Let me hear all about it. And I I hope that I don't do that because I, I like to explore cities. I like to kind of be my own tour guide, my own tourism board so that I'm not uh, making it difficult on somebody else. The fact that I'm around, I'm I'm going to. Sure. Maybe I would show up and be like, hey, let me suggest some stuff for you to do. You know, I hear some things that I'm interested in doing. Are you interested in doing these things? Let's go do them together. As opposed to yeah. me showing up and being like, all right, it's you entertain me. I am on vacation. Entertain me, little person. I like to live. I am going to sleep in your house and eat your food and you shall find me entertainment. Right like a like a little despot well you did have the german accent going yeah a little bit it's i, I don't know i i like <laughs> i'm gonna go 
the next time someone's like, Hey, I'm going to come, I'm coming up to St. Louis. I spend some time. You'd be like, ah, oh, sorry. I'm out of town that weekend. Where are yeah, you going? Man. Uh, fucking Jefferson city. Hell. I don't know. Just anywhere away from you. <laughs> hell just going to hell for a weekend. Just get away. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go hang out in some caves. Like a like real a, life Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Like a hobbit. I'm just going to cover myself in cloaks. I'm not going to wear any shoes. I'm going to live in a cave for the weekend. Gonna we're going to be there for two weeks. I'm going to the moon. I'm going to space. I'll never be back. Yeah. Please don't call here again. Me and Elon Musk, we're, we're going. We're out. Peace. So Elon Musk donated uh, Starlink satellites <clears throat> to everyone in Ukraine or a bunch of people Shoot in Ukraine down. so that they could keep the internet up despite their invasion of Russia. Shoot them down. Well, now he's saying that they should probably de-escalate this whole war that's going on. And they're now they're calling for Elon Musk's head on a pike. Escalators only go one way. They go up. That's true. I hope they drop a nuke. Just just nuke the shit out of themselves. I hope they forgive everyone's student loans. No, that's coming. We've already no, got you, tw- 20 grand. Well, I'm, I'm making a reference to uh, the last episode I was on. Ah. Speaking of, la- of last episodes, I got a question for you, Buck. I'm going to have to ask you this during the news segment. Okay. Um, so let's say you're going to the bathroom and you go to pull your wiener out of your pants. And for some reason, your wiener maybe doesn't clear the fly. Maybe you're not well endowed and, uh, and you pee all inside of your pants, but you were trying to pee in a urinal. Did you pee your pants? The pee is in the pants. The pee is in the pants. It came out yes, of your you, wiener. Yes. You peed your pants. Okay. I agree with you. Tim Who? and and Tony seem to be on the that doesn't count as peeing your pants. And, and no, Joel was kind of on the fence. Well, that's that's an electric fence. That's a whole different thing. No, if you are incompetent enough that you didn't get your get your stuff out of your pants before you began to urinate, then you you peed your pants. Um, there's a video game that was called Don't Shit Your Pants. Mm-hmm. It was basically the same thing. It was like you didn't have to get it in the toilet. You just didn't have to get it in your pants. You can pee on the floor. That's not peeing your pants. Yeah. You can you can pee on the fence. That's not peeing your pants. You but can pee, pee outside. Is, yeah. If the pee is uh, in any way on or in the pants, you you peed your pants. Have you ever peed you in can, the sink? You ever like you're, you've been drinking? You just wander in the bathroom rather than like open up the lid. You just pee in the sink. Uh, it is at this time that I choose to invoke my Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. That's a yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm remaining silent. I do not if have you, to answer any questions. If you can't smell the shit, you must acquit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here's my recommendation to everyone who listens to this show. You're going on vacation. You're going to go visit some friends, maybe some family in another city or another state. Uh, go on, on Instagram. Find whatever influencer lives there. Find whatever stupid bullshit thing they recommend. Oh, yeah. If you're in your St. Louis, you got to go to the city museum. or You got to go to the forest park. Or you got to go see the arch. You got to go to the fucking Cahokia Mounds in Illinois. Whatever stupid shit they say. And you go do those things. And then you just have dinner with whoever you're visiting. Because I'm sure they'd yeah. much rather just lay on the bed and sleep. As yeah. much as they're like, yeah, I miss you, buddy. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, I, you know, what do you normally do on a Saturday? That's what you do. You like surreptitiously. you like, hey, what are you doing this Saturday? I'm mowing the lawn, cleaning the kitchen, doing this thing. And you kind of make a note of what they normally do on Saturdays. And that way, you know, or Sundays, whatever days they do. And then when you arrive, you're like, hey, I know you probably have all these things you need to get done. Would you like to do some of those while we go do 
boring touristy shit without you yes and then we can meet up for lunch afterwards that sounds great i thought you were going to say it in the other direction where like you find out what your guest normally does when they're at home and then when they come to your house like hey i know you're away from home so here's one of the comforts of home mow my yard (laughs) that would be a good one see now you get the the experience of mowing a yard in st louis yeah see it's it's very it's it's different it's scenic it's 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 adventure and also it's mowing the yard and also you are you owe me because you're staying in my house and eating my food mow my yard for free yeah for free well it's not free it's mow my yard yeah it's mow my yard or the the holiday inn is right over there and mcdonald's is down that way mow my yard that that's actually that would be a pretty fair trade um speaking of things from previous episodes we were you were talking with joel about dog turds yeah and mowing the yard brought me back to that. Um, I think so. And, and to recap, to recap, the story was someone had uh, led their dog in front of someone else's house, encouraged or instructed the dog to poop there and then left it and uh, got clapped. Mm-hmm. And I think that is um, I just have to applaud that person. Uh, the insanity plea. There's no one. There's no judge who would find that person insane. they were just within their rights. Yeah, they should um, have been with, absolutely within their rights. Um, I think all dogs should be put down mandatorily by law. Uh, cats as well. I think basically, I think owning pets ought to be illegal. What are you a, uh, a because vegan? it is a it's an affront to me. Oh, I don't, I don't think owning pets should be illegal. I just think that if you're not handling the parts of it that you don't want to, you shouldn't be allowed to. Like maybe you need to have a license. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need, a licensing system where it's like you show up and you're like, yeah, okay, you want to buy this cat from the cat store? Uh, are you going to scoop its shit? Are you going to let it go live outside in the street? <clears throat> yeah, I was going to have it be an outside cat. Sorry, you don't well, get a license. So so, so here's here's my thing. I, this thought occurs to me belatedly. I'm, I'm, I'm not in favor of creating more laws. Mm-hmm. I'm in favor of removing laws. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it should there should be a law requiring you to have a license. I just think it shouldn't be illegal to shoot someone else's pets or your own. That's fair. Um, so like if your neighbor has a dog that starts barking at one o'clock in the morning and won't shut up and you call your neighbor and go, hey, man, shut your dog up or I'm going to shut it up. And he's like, screw you, man. I'm the city manager. And you just, the next thing he hears over his phone also he hears outside of his window, which is just Ka-tow! I told you, uh, and then uh, the only exception should be cops. Oh, so cops are not allowed to shoot your dog? No, yeah. cops are cops are encouraged to shoot all animals. I um, disagree with that. Well, you're allowed to disagree. I, I, I think I think just gunning down pets in a genocidal manner should be absolutely uh, encouraged by the law. See, the problem is not the pets. The problem is the people. The, it's it always comes down to people. It's like people that don't take care of their pets, people that don't like take care of their old parents. So that people we need that own social pets. security. Yeah, people, or, are, people are definitely the problem. We like so we need to prune the gene pool of stupid and lazy people. So in in addition to it being legal to shoot their pet, you should also then legally be required to shoot them. Yes, just wipe out the whole fucking chain. Just and their kids, their student debt. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm on board. that's that's what. Well, when you get shot by your neighbor because your dog shot in their yard, your student loans are forgiven. Just a twenty, th- 20, uh, 20 ton or twenty thousand pound bomb of just debt forgiveness, just <laughs> Ukrainian debt forgiveness every time. Boom! Every Bang. time. I, I. Oh man, I'm. 
people walk their dogs up and down this, my street and I'm just, I'm waiting to see someone on the camera just let their dog shit without picking it up. Like they make little bags for that. I know it's gross. That's why I don't have a dog. I don't want to touch dog shit. I don't really want to scoop cat shit either, but there are mechanisms that make it where I don't actually have to really interact with the shit. I just put it through a little strainer and boom, the shit's well, in a in a box to go put in the trash. There's there's a mechanism so that you don't have to deal with with dog shit, and it's called a gun. You just, just <laughs> eliminate the problem. No, it's a butt plug. You just jam it up in there, and then the dog won't ever shit. I mean, the gun can service as a butt plug if you really are dedicated to the craft. Yeah, that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I'm I'm tired of, of serving as uh, – and the funny thing is, like, so Trucking and Tucking wants to talk about uh, coming up here because there's a bunch of haunted houses in this area and, like, going to some haunted houses. And I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to do another weekend of this in the same month. I need, like, six weeks off before I can stand visitors again. Yeah, so obviously for people who are not watching the video stream, I'm wearing a my, my Ghostbusters coverall, and I just thought – a fun activity would be to go to a haunted house dressed like this. Mm -hmm. And then they're expecting you to like play along, but you just start decking all the people that work there when they pop out the jump scare people. And you just like, just blam. Yeah. They'll ask you to leave. And they make me. Um, the, the, they usually have security there just for that reason. I got when, when trucking and tucking Tim, the handlebreaker and I, we worked a haunted house many years ago and I got hit in the face. And I was wearing a welding helmet and the square of the welding goggles cut <laughs> into the front of my nose. I look like anybody in a movie who gets into any kind of accent. They just add that, little, that little scratch little there. Horizontal line right across the bridge. Yeah, of the nose. Gotcha. I got I got punched twice and uh, I had got a couple of other injuries with people. But getting you punched was it. probably the, one of the worst ones. Well, no, no. Yeah. You know, you fucking paid money for that. You wanted this. money to come in and deck somebody for this service to humanity that you think you're doing by entertaining people. How dare you punch? You paid for you that. Down, but. <laughs> like it, it'd be like, it'd be like going to a sappy rom-com movie and then being upset that they, the couple gets together then. Like, yeah. I wanted to watch him die. You went to see this movie. Like you knew what that was walking through the door. Yeah, uh, welcome to Baskin Robbins. We have 31 flavors. Yeah, do you have ham sandwiches? What? Do you, you have ham sandwiches? No, it's Baskin Robbins. 31 flavors of ice cream, you fucking moron. And then you just shoot the place up because there are no ham sandwiches. Go to a ham sandwich store. What was the name of that guy that said he was the Joker in the theater, the, the Aurora shooting? Uh, I don't remember. James, James Holmes. Yeah, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying. Didn't like the movie. This is this, uh, you paid to come see the movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. Bang, that's a terrible that's, joke. Someone, I someone posted. That. Someone posted about um, the guy who was in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. He killed his mom. He was going to go kill Trudeau, but then he like felt bad, so he turned himself into <clears> the the Canadian FBI. And I was like, isn't it weird how when someone wants to kill a, a world leader, they like turn themselves in but when when they want to shoot up a school and kill a bunch of kids the fbi is like yeah we knew about them they're like oh what you knew about them and you could stop them but you didn't know about diary wimpy kid and somehow you stopped him that seems a little suspicious to me somebody wanted to play junior doom but if you if you start saying that then you'll get sued for defamation like alex jones poor guy yeah, we don't want to do that. In any case, we're way off in the weeds on this uh, yes, this we are. issue. I'm I'm exhausted. Like I, 
I'm trying to figure out how I'm possibly going to gain back the sleep that I lost. Cause like, you're waking up, I'm waking up at 8am. I'm waking up. Like I was going to go to work on Saturday and Sunday. Like normally I would sleep until at least 11 right. and I'm just, and then walking. God damn. I must've walked five, 10 miles uh, this weekend of uh, up. We went to this Renaissance fair. It was like all fucking hilly and giant gravel. So that was exhausting. And then walking up and down St. Charles, probably four miles of walking there and oh i it's it's a lot more physical activity than i would have normally done on my weekend most yeah. most of my weekends would have been spent like doing a little bit of household chores maybe going to a bar and going out and then nothing yeah there'd be a yeah. lot of doing nothing the last as, as men that's what we like yeah the last two days that i had off in a row i spent literally i i think i like i like woke up I put on pajamas. I sat on the sofa and watched TV. I got up and made lunch, sat on the sofa and watched TV. Got up and made dinner, sat on the sofa and watched TV. That was my whole first day off. Yeah. Then the second day off, I was like, well, I should probably get to working on some of these chores. And I like mowed the lawn and washed and did laundry. But then in between doing those things, I was sitting Sitting on the sofa and watching TV. Yeah. Just fucking decompressing from working. And so instead of decompressing from working, I was just like, you know, activity, 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 activity. And then today I I realized when I got home, like I did not stop talking today because I was training someone. So it was just like, here's this thing. Let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you this thing. Let me tell you this thing. Let me tell you this thing. And it's one thing to do a show like this where we talk for an hour. But in reality, you talk for 30 minutes, like 90 seconds at a time. I talk yeah. for 90 seconds. Buck talks for 90 seconds. It's not an eight-hour monologue. It's not a just long-ass monologue. I was doing interviews for new, uh, sub, even lower subordinate workers, and that included a tour of the theater. And it was like a 20-minute tour. So it was just 20 straight minutes of me just being like, here's this thing. Here's this architectural feature. Here's this feature. Here's how this thing works. Here's how the shifts work. Here's this place where you can put this stuff. And so by the time I would finish these interviews, I would get back up to my office, and I would just be like, dying of thirst my mouth was so dry from talking for so long uh that's the way i feel after a weekend of just non-stop running Um, yeah um for years there i didn't have anything resembling a social life outside of my wife and kids and like maybe church mm -hmm. and then we started we moved into this house for various reasons we more more social opportunities opened up for us to do things and have people over and i really enjoyed it and i do i enjoy it but as you said, sometimes you kind of like get to the end of a weekend and you're like, oh, I didn't rest. Yeah. And works tomorrow. And then, you know, the uh, the butt plug, the, the business end of that butt plug starts to look a lot better. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We need that decompression time. That's um, it's I, I don't want to sound French, but like a, a four day work week would be kind of great. I think a no day work week. And just everyone just live on welf- welfare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's happening a lot right now. So everyone else is living the dream. I don't know why I'm so far behind the times pulse far from the fingers, far from the pulse of the community, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think, I th- I don't think you would find purpose without having like work to do. I think I would find purpose in not doing anything on purpose. I, I, I disagree. <clears throat> I think psycho, psycho there's, I read this book. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, bullshit jobs by David Graeber. And he goes into like, there's a psychology of working where we find value in the fact that we provide for our families and we're able to, to, and that we do work. And so even if 
his theory was that even if we had a universal basic income so that you didn't have to go work, people would still go to work. find work to do, uh, ways to occupy themselves that were productive because otherwise they would like wish they were dead. Depression sets in pretty quick. Yeah. So I, that's what happened. I think to a lot of people when they told us we couldn't go to work, you know, that, that first, that first week people were like, yeah, get to sit in my fucking house. This is great. But the end of month number two, they're just like, God, I need something to do. I'm a, can't bake any more goddamn bread. Yeah. Yeah. Bread makes you fat. Anyway. No, um, when I had my hernia surgeries, I, there was a two week period after that. I was off work for like six weeks, but for a two week period, I couldn't lift anything or do any driving. So I just basically had to sit at home. Uh, after two weeks, at least for a man, like sitting home, unable to do anything for two weeks will just absolutely make you want to eat a bullet. Yeah. And I've, I've done that twice. Like I, the second time I knew it was coming. That was, that was the, the, the dumb thing. I was like, I'm mentally prepared for this. I'm, I had little things planned out to like, you know, occupy my brain. And by the time, by the end of two weeks, I was like, I, I want to hang. I just, I need to hang right now. Please, please, please end it. Please end it. For, please, please bring me. Hey, honey, honey, are you on your way home from work? Can you, can you stop by Harbor Freight and get me some manila rope and just uh, then go back away for a couple hours and just leave me, leave me be. Uh, you next the next time you get a hernia that that's gonna be they're gonna be like Buck, you have a hernia and you're just gonna drive yourself off into oncoming traffic on the way home. I'm, I'm no, it's gonna be it's gonna be something far more amusing than that. Um, I'm gonna do like uh, on on Looney Tunes where uh, who was it? One of the characters came in. And he's like, I've got the greatest magic trick in the world, and he pours all this stuff in this vial and like lights a match and swallows it all and kaboom. Like, wow, that was the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, but the problem is I can only do it once. Yeah. It's just a ghost. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just I'm gonna go out in some sort of horrifyingly spectacular fashion. Well, well that's it. That's it for me. <laughs> uh the being the armchair entertainment director. Go if you if you want to be toted around, go on a cruise. Yeah. If you want to come visit me, come with your own list of shit to do. That's my new chores or do chores. Yeah. Yeah. You get to do all my chores while I take a vacation. Here's the spirit of St. Louis. Uh, fold my laundry in the St. Louis air. <laughs> Mow my St. Louis yard. Let's go to the uh, St. Louis grocery store. That's the, that's the man. That's my favorite St. Louis landmark is the grocery store where you can just go buy my groceries with your uh, Oklahoma money. Go here, head over, head over to my St. Louis work and you can do my job for a couple of days. <laughs> do my St. Louis a, job. Get the full as experience. That's a, <laughs> a break from your regular <laughs> bullshit Tulsa job. I had to call and they expected you. It'll be fine. Just point at stuff. Just point and grunt. They'll, they won't point even stuff feel and be angry. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all being a boss is. <laughs> <clears throat> well, this has been here. So I don't get, I'm Tab Burt. I'm uncle Buck. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. If you want to call into the Here's Why I Get Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can upload a voicemail on the Discord under voicemail upload. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any new voicemails this week. I'm, I've got one saved for next week, and um, I don't want to spoil it. So um, why, don't, why don't we take like one one comment question from the YouTube chat or whatever chat's over here? 
Uh, well, I've been showing them the entire the entire episode. Are you wanting yeah, but now on, I'm, like, I'm prompting minute? whoever's listening to give one question. Uh, I do have to cut out pretty early, so this works out. But you know, you got to give something behind the credits. Something. We could just start listing under all the racial slurs we know. I already did that in a song. <laughs> Remember? Don't say nakers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh, as I was mentioning before the show, I had a trainee last week who was taking over the position that I was in. And I was like, oh man, I used to be, I used to be part of this podcast. Yeah. And it was really cool. Here's a video. And then I started to pull up last week's episode and Joel was like, and then my daughter asked if we were going to use the N word. And I was like, click, maybe we're not going to listen to this episode this week because this guy's black and he doesn't know me like that. Like, you know, maybe we'll just, wow. I wow. love to, I love to think that this show is just like slowly ruining lives. It's, it's either it's either like doing that where it just outright sabotages you or it's slowly it's slowly uh, wearing away your like normalcy until you think like maybe we should drop 20,000 kiloton weapons on Ukraine <laughs> and you start like acting out the way that I would want people to act. The things that we say in jest start making a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah um, so like like uh, so I'm at the I was at this Renaissance Fair this weekend and I, this kid was staring at my sister. And I just looked at the kid. I got right in between them. I said, turn your head, kid. Your eyes are stuck. And the, their parent turned and was like, what the fuck? Like, why is that giant man speaking sternly at my kid? And you're sternly like, do you want some too? Yeah. Would you like some? Do you want, do you want to, I'll kill this four-year-old, and then I'll kill your 48-year-old ass. And then no one understands, and you go to jail forever. So uh, Supplementality asks, Uncle Buck, what is your favorite gun? His love gun. That works. Yeah, my, yeah. Well, obviously, that's more of a that's more of a howitzer. Mm. Uh, that's more of that's more of a student loan forgiveness. But it's like a it's like a model one, so it's one sixteen <laughs> scale. No, believe me, it works. It's not a model at all. It's it's a little too lethal. It's already successfully fired twice. So anyway, um, uh, so it's weird for a guy who's so pro Second Amendment, and I, I do like guns. I don't consider myself a gun nut. Like I. And it's not that I dislike guns at all. I like them. It's just I I don't I don't fanboy over guns like a lot of people do. I've got an SKS that I like. I think did you shoot that one? Yeah. So we shot the SKS and I like my little uh arms core uh twenty two that I've got. Um I've always wanted a Vaquero forty five because my dad used to have one. It was a six shooter. And uh he he sold it or gave it away and I've always thought, man, I would love to get a hold of one of those just because. It was really cool, but as far as like favorite gun, I just I don't have one. Um, I just I just I like guns in general, and uh, it is what it is. They go bang. Yeah, they go. Well, bang. There, there you go. There's some post. There's one question stuff for you. So until next time, uh, be sure to leave your voicemails in the voicemail hotline. Uh, join us on the Discord, discuss the show and other boring bullshit. Yes. Ryan Dunn loves the show. Thank you, Ryan. We love you too. So do I. Uh, I especially love that picture of something in someone's butt <clears throat> that you've posted. <clears throat> That's an excuse for you to watch the the YouTube. And um, yeah, thank you to everybody for supporting the show, keeping us going. So till next time. Yeah.